Hello, everybody. It's Dave Neal, stand-up comic and host of Bachelor Nation News, coming to you this afternoon here on Hump Day. It's Wednesday, May 24th, 2023. I've got Bachelor content for you. Vanderpump Rules and American Idol. All this and more on today's Bachelor Rush Hour. All right, we're grooving it, we're moving it, we're doing it. We're gyrating and gliding our way into the better part of the weekend. We got Memorial Day weekend coming around the corner. I'll be in Nashville Monday, stand-up show there. And then the following week, I'll be in New York City starting June 6th. That's right, a show at New York Comedy Club. Going to need everyone to go pack that show out. We'll go get drinks after. It'll be a ton of fun. Other shows and dates will be released soon. All right, and speaking of preparing for some drama as it comes, we're going to have have, um, uh, by the way, so much to get into for tomorrow's episode. Bachelorette Tasha Adams and Summer House's Luke Colbranson are serious about their future. I'll have that story tomorrow. It's late breaking and we're not quite ready for it. On today's rush hour, we're going to discuss what the hell's going on with Vanderpump Rules. They begin the first of a three part um, reunion episode that starts tonight. So we'll be covering that very closely as that comes out. So we'll have some more about that content. Uh, in a little bit. But first, Katie Thurston posted on her Instagram stories, and we made a whole video about this on YouTube if you want to go in-depth. The question was, are you going on Bachelor in Paradise? And she said there are enough leads going already. So she said she won't go. And as you've watched our channel, we actually spoke to her about what she thinks of Bachelor in Paradise. Have a listen. Paradise, I would not do it. Maybe they paid me like... Maybe like 25000 I don't think they would. Total or per week? Nah, no, total. I mean, it's a really short show. I'm being I'm being a little reasonable. They've, that's not, I mean, they've paid people, uh, you know. So she says she would do it for the right amount of money. 25000 doesn't seem crazy to me if you consider how much, uh, you know, uh, publicity they're going to get if they get more leads on the show. But we also discussed the idea that other leads are going to be going on to Paradise. As Katie had said in her Instagram story, there are enough leads going already. So people are saying, well, who is that? And, and others have thought, well, it could be Michelle Young. It could be Rachel Recchia. And of course, Pilot Pete is in full consideration for going on. And, you know, we started to see, uh, you know, with Becca Kufrin, it changed Paradise. And, of course, Trailblazer, Becca Kufrin, it changed Paradise because it was this idea that you could only go on the show if you were not a lead. It's the lesser of the shows. And then people realize, actually, it's a fun time. All the pressure's not on you. You don't have to carry the show. All of your decisions don't matter. And for that reason, I'm in. Uh, but Katie is not. Although, you know, we'll have to see. Maybe next year she realizes, hey, it won't hurt to go on for a few weeks, make a couple bucks, and kind of boost the channels, as it were. Someone who's not on the show because she's happily in love is Becca Tilly. She commented this yesterday. I can't believe it's been a year since I came out publicly. I felt a lot in the last 365 days. So much beauty, growing, acceptance, love, joy, and freedom. It took me a long time to feel ready. I genuinely had moments where I felt like I'd never feel ready to share that part of myself in a public way. We live in a world that makes it feel scary to be who you are and love who you love. I felt that weight of that. I occasionally have conversations with people who don't get it, and I'll say this, you don't need to get it. You don't need to understand other people's journey to be able to show empathy and kindness. And if you're currently in the in-between wondering if you'll ever feel ready to come out, don't feel rushed. Do it in your own time. You have a lot of people ready to love you. 
And I have to say this, the idea she says, and I totally agree with what she's saying, but she says, you don't have to get it. You just need empathy. The thing is, is so many people don't have empathy because they don't get it. And empathy is all about putting yourself into someone else's shoes that may look different than you or talk different, uh, speak a different language, uh, be a different gender, different color skin. You know, it's all about having a different sexual orientation. And I think while the show The Bachelor has traditionally been about heterosexual love, I think what we find out is that it is more complicated than that. Caitlin Bristow talked about being bi. I think Katie Thurston has talked about exploring with people that, uh, you know, are of uh, the same sex. And uh, Becca Tilly, of course, found love in a non-traditional, whatever traditional, means, right? But in a non-traditional way. So good for her because it's not like traditional relationships are really the, uh, the thing. Oh, by the way, look at this. Tina Turner dead at 83. This is breaking news that we have for you guys. Uh, literally this came out as I'm recording this very second here. 83 years young Tina Turner has passed away. The icon, the iconic and adored singer known as the Queen of Rock and Roll has died, TMZ has confirmed. A statement from Tina's reps reads, It is with great sadness that we announce the passing of Tina Turner. With her music and her boundless passion for life, she enchanted millions of fans around the world and inspired the stars of tomorrow. Today, we say goodbye to a dear friend who leaves us all her greatest work, her music. All our heartfelt compassion goes out to her family. Tina, we will miss you dearly. Well, big shout out to Tina Turner here. Uh, Again, just got the news here. She passed away. And in Bachelor adjacent news, we have Jess Ambrose posting that she is going to be attending the Katie Thurston roast on July 2nd in San Diego. I am not publicly confirmed on this roast, but wouldn't it be nice to see me sling some jokes, not just at Katie, but other alumni that might be there. It's going to be a fun time for those that are in attendance. July 2nd, she says, just says, I am getting the highest honor of participating in a roast of one of my favorite people on the planet, Katie Thurston. Yeah, Jess is such a kind person. Of course, she is our featured interview this Friday on Bachelor Rush Hour, the podcast, as we do Driving with Dave. And of course, that'll be available over the weekend on YouTube. But it'll be interesting, as nice as she is, to see if she's able to pull off any mean jokes. My guess is usually the nicest people can come up with the funniest jokes because it's just shocking. It's almost like when Betty White would say something sort of dirty. You'd be like, oh my gosh, it's hilarious because she's an older lady that you might not expect to say something. But it's like, look, older ladies can also make jokes about sex or whatever. And uh, it's all appreciated in my book. All right. Well, I'm going to get into a Vanderpump story, but first, Green Chef is our featured sponsor of the day. The number one meal kit for eating well with dinners that work for you. Bring more flavor to your table this spring with Green Chef's wholesome elevated recipes featuring seasonal organic produce. Look, guys, come on. If you're like me, you, you go to Trader Joe's and you get the frozen bag of chicken with the turmeric or whatever the hell you put on it, the bagel seasoning. You know, we just get stuck in our ways. We're creatures of habit. When you try Green Chef, you can be introduced to new uh, different types of foods. You have keto, vegan, vegetarian, fast and fit, Mediterranean, all the different options. Uh, you guys know I'm kind of stuck on the keto meal kit. Oh, they got this um, cauliflower grits that they make. I, they, it can't, it, they say it's healthy for you. I'll believe them. Low carb and high fat is what keeps my brain fueled without the crash. Go to greenchef.com slash rush hour 60 and use code rush 
slash hour 60 to get 60% off plus free shipping. The number one meal kit for eating well. All right. And you know who's eating well these days because <laughs> she's been feasting on the drama is Ariana from Vanderpump Rules. Tonight is the first of a three-part reunion episode, but it's not going to be ending there. Vanderpump Rules star Ariana Maddox uh, says, I've got the sauce. She's working at Raising Cane's drive-thru ahead of the reu- reunion. This morning, yes, you could go to Raising Cane's and she's working the drive-thru. She's also, as we reported yesterday, um, working with uh, SoFi. Uh, you know, she's a featured, uh, you know, they're a featured sponsor of her. She's absolutely cashing in and she's going to need that money because she basically owns a very expensive home in Los Angeles with her ex-boyfriend, Tom Sandoval, uh, of course, of Scandoval fame. He cheated on Ariana and it made huge news. I mean, international news, pop culture story of the year. And Ariana's doing what you do, which is cashing in on that story. And uh, so she's working. I mean, I don't know how she chose Raising Cane's, but she's out there serving chicken fingers and not taking prisoners. Vanderpump Rules star was all decked out in Cane's work attire Wednesday during her hour long. Oh, she only worked for one hour. Okay. You know what I mean? It's like, come on. (laughs) Uh, Everyone's like, hey, we work here five days a week for 12 hours and you just come in here for one hour. Hey, but either way, um, she's... uh, She's got the financial sponsor. She's got fast food. She's uh, She did Uber Eats as well. Here she is on today's episode of Call Her Daddy, which is quite possibly one of the biggest podcasts in the world. It's the female Joe Rogan, if you will. And here's her explaining the shocking details of finding out she was being cheated on. One of those things is um, a text message from Rachel to Tom saying i just talked to a mutual friend i won't name them tell us who and they said that you should be honest with ariana maybe not so much about all the details like sleeping in the house together but that she deserves to know about this and then it's like i love you you got this do you think they ever had sex while you were upstairs yes i do I think they had sex in my guest room while I was sleeping in my own bed that he and I went to bed in together and then he left the bed and went to the guest room and fucked her. Yes. Whoa. I mean, there was stuff that he was getting away with that I learned out about like within the last month. Like what? Like bringing Rachel home to St. Louis. When did he do that? Um, apparently more than once. While you were dating? Yeah. So his family knew? (laughs) By the way, uh, uh, Alex from Call Her Daddy is all of us. Wait, wait, what? So her family knew? You know what I mean? It's such a relatable story because it's egregious. And everyone, for the, I mean, look, if there was ever a story that was going to unite the, the nation, you know, in such a divided time politically or whatever, I think it could be a Vanderpump Rules scandal. They like what exactly they knew or when they knew. I think they at one point they knew, but they were like definitely not condoning. And he wasn't he was like putting her up in like a hotel. Has anyone reached out to you since to be like, I also hooked up with him? Um, They have not. Okay. I haven't had anyone do that. Okay. That's good for your mental health. Or are they scared? <laughs> are they scared? You'll be like, on Caller Daddy, like, yep, Brittany from fucking Australia said that, like, like no. 
Dude. Honestly, I would not. If a girl, if any women did do that. Yeah, you're not. I would not put them on blast because honestly, at the end of the day, as much as I think that they suck for doing that. So there she was. You can go check out the full episode on Call Her Daddy. It's a Spotify exclusive. Uh, It's interesting. You know, uh, Ariana has made sure to blame Tom Sandoval and not really say much about Raquel. Of course, we're going to see what happens at the reunion, which was taped a while ago. I feel like over a month ago. I will be on the uh, live stream tomorrow morning around 9 or 10 a.m. Pacific time on Up and Adam's YouTube live stream where we talk about Bravo. And I will be discussing what we watch tonight on the recap or the reunion of Vanderpump Rules. I mean, so many people have like got onto the bandwagon wagon they've actually doubled their viewers you kind of got to at this point folks you got to it's it's just um it's mainstream fodder and i'm telling you right now it won't i mean look you might not you might it might be too close to home you might not want the drama i understand but i'm telling you right now you watch bachelor you watch bachelor in paradise all these other shows you get all this juicy drama i'm telling you it all exists on vanderpump it's buck wild. All right. I'm going to get to our featured story right after a quick break for for a word from our sponsors. Okay. Our featured story of the day can be found on YouTube. It's a little bit all over the place because I cover Rachel Lindsay, a featured article written about her in Washington Post, plus some work that she's doing behind the scenes with other organizations. And we cover the Writers Guild strike. So there's a lot to it here. It was meant, it was meant for YouTube, but I think you guys will get a lot of value out of it. Have a listen to this and stick around for the very end. We have one more quick story to cover. This Monday, Memorial Day, I'll be in Nashville for a stand-up show at Zany's, and then the following week, I'll be in New York City. Uh, tickets and links for those, uh, t- uh, links for the tickets for the New York show are on my Instagram, at Neils. And if you want to get some juicy content, it's on today's Patreon, patreon.com slash Dave Neal. I actually discussed uh, with folks a lot of the different people that are coming on to work with Dave, I'm sorry, drive with Dave, have a listen. Didn't hear back, and I was kind of like, oh, Okay, thanks a lot for not even responding. She messaged me this morning and said, oh my God. So anyway, if you want to hear who's responding, who's not, uh, some salty tea, leave it on the Patreon. Don't share it outside the Patreon. That's for the private members only. Okay, so here's the Washington Post article featuring Rachel Lindsay. It's in the pop culture version of the article. It's actually from uh, last week, but we're just uh, learning about this today. Uh, The support system among black reality TV stars who make history. Stars such as Big Brother winner Taylor Hale and Bachelorette lead Rachel Lindsay formed a bond after becoming reality show first. So there's a whole article about Taylor Hale, but because we are featuring Rachel uh, uh, Lindsay here, let's skip to the part where it talks about Rachel Lindsay. And again, you can go check this out, WashingtonPost.com. One reality TV alum who has been especially helpful for Hale is Rachel Lindsay, the Texas attorney who made history of her own in 2017 as the first black star of The Bachelorette. She parlayed her time on the show into becoming a TV personality, extra correspondent podcast, and author. The impetus for Hale's Los Angeles trip was to attend the launch party for Lindsay's new book. Rachel has been so crucial in helping me build a good team, one that's not taking advantage of me, one that understands the intricacies of what I need as a black woman in LA. It shows me how important it is that we build this network, a sisterhood. She noted that the community goes even further than just sisterhood because the person who connected them was attorney Xavier Prather, Prather, who also made history a year before Hale as the first black winner of Big Brother and happened to know 
know Lindsay from law school. I cover, I consider Rachel my reality TV big sister, so I wanted Taylor to be able to have that person as well, said Prather28. It's all of us protecting each other, and the way that Rachel is taking care of me and other people like me, from what I've heard, it makes me excited to be somebody else's Rachel one day. Rachel Lindsay remembers what it was like to walk off a reality show when all of a sudden you're the hottest new star of the moment. It was isolating experience as a first black lead of ABC's The Bachelorette, she recalled, even though she was added to a very helpful group chat of former bachelorettes, no one could completely understand her experience. Oh, of course. I mean, Rachel Lindsay went through things that Hannah Brown could have never understood or other former leads. Of course. I think we could all agree to that. Even if we don't understand that, we know, obviously, she went through hell in different ways through a lot of the comments she had to receive from uh, a fan base. It's important for women to support women, Lindsay said. It goes even deeper with black women supporting black women when a lot of times you don't see that reaffirmed in public. This is somebody who is a, a first, and she's made history in a very similar way that I did, Lindsay said in a phone interview speaking about Hale. It was natural, if you need me, I'm here type situation. So it's very, very cool to see the bond uh, uh, that exists here from people knowing like, look, this publicist is good to work with, or this one didn't help me out. You know, all the types of things we don't think of as just like audience members that they have to protect themselves not be caught into situations where they're working for somebody who's exploitative you know all that all of that it's also a little different when we navigate this world separate from our white counterparts who are on very similar shows the path is a little easier for them because it's been done before Lindsay said people are more accepting of them they understand those types of leads they get it whereas we're navigating new territory you need somebody to help you that can be a very lonely place to be Lindsay public publicly cut ties with the Bachelor franchise two years ago after reaching a breaking point over how the series dealt with its many race issues. But she said she's always open to talking to people of color who are on the show and seeking advice and tells them, if you want to reach out to me, I'm there. We're like our own sorority and fraternity within the franchise, she said. So anyway... That I mean, it just goes to show people will leave comments. I read them all the time. Oh, if she's so over the show, why does she still talk about it? Which, again, is the most rubbish thing you could say. It's the most low IQ sort of response. Uh, the Bachelor is a big part of where she c- comes from. She is aware of that. But at the same time, she felt like the show didn't live up to what she wanted it to be. And good for her for moving on and setting boundaries and all those things. I'll just never I'll just never understand people who disagree with that. I just won't. I don't understand it. Um, you know, we don't know what she went through. You know, we can only imagine imagine. So here she is at the Gracie's Awards, all women in media. Let's have a listen to what Rachel had to say as she's the digital correspondent. As you can see, I am in route and I am headed to the Gracie Awards. I am so honored to once again be their social media ambassador and I will be taking you on the red carpet behind the scenes, giving you exclusive content where I will be talking to the most amazing women, attendees, presenters, honorees. Now, if you are unfamiliar with the Gracie Awards, it is all about honoring women and programming and individuals across all media platforms for the wonderful work that they do that is for women by women and about women so follow along because here we go by the way do you you understand right that what she just did is not easy she just spouted out 30 seconds of facts we, we have to understand when you see someone talk you go oh yeah that's not bad she didn't flub one line there can we not just give some respect uh so here's <laughs> So there she is doing her, you know, red carpet conversations. 
There it is, just crushing the red carpet as right, you do. Guys, now, I have to say, they gave her this little microphone, and I'm not here to criticize her audio, but, you know, spend a couple hundred dollars and get a proper cardioid microphone that cuts out all the external noise. These are very loud rooms. She doesn't hear feedback, so she can't tell that she's peeking into the microphone. It's not her fault whatsoever. I just think they could have done a better job here. I am taking you behind the scenes of the Gracie Award. So where we are right now, if you see this, this is what we call the calm before the storm. This is the lobby area where people are mingling, having a little cocktail, getting to know one another, excuse me, getting to know one another, networking with each other, and this all happens before they go inside. Okay, so then she does some interviews. All right, guys, last time we talked, this room was just filling up. As you can see, the party has already started for the 48th annual Gracie Awards. So the fingernails look great here. So anyway, she's doing great work. Um, I did want to share also their commentary with the podcast, which is, I don't know, maybe maybe they, they, they thought the podcast would be as big as it is, but I mean, it's really growing in size. I think it actually was nominated for, for some awards, but let's have a listen to their comments on the writer strike. Gridlock in Hollywood. Writer strike. Crippling the town. Okay, Rachel. The Writers Guild of America, which represents 11,500 writers, uh, is on strike officially. The night of May 1st, the writers were unable to negotiate a deal with the studios, and they, they are now officially on strike. There are probably a lot of people out there that are wondering what this means. This means that most productions that would have been coming up are effectively shut down because it's very hard, excuse me, productions of scripted things. A lot of scripted stuff and anything that has a right, right? Uh, so mm -hmm. you're talking about... That is unionized. That is unionized. You're talking about shows like Jimmy Fallon, Jimmy Kimmel, Stephen Colbert already shut down. Uh, Saturday Night Live this week was supposed to be hosted by Pete Davidson. Shut down, not happening. All those shows... Uh, rely on talent from the WGA, and those guys aren't working. They are shutting down. Also, a lot of people would be shutting down and not moving forward on productions in solidarity with the WGA. Really? Sure, sure. I mean, uh, a lot so of those people actually shut down productions, full productions in solidarity, even though. So they're not. I mean, a some of those shows could theoretically move on without writers like for example it's my understanding that during the uh during the first writer strike that John Stewart wrote all of the stuff himself and then continued to do the daily show mm. or a couple of people did that I, I we have to make sure that that's so theoretically, like, I guess the view has writers and other places like that, they have writers. So you could go and do those shows without the writers. And if a guy like Colbert probably wanted to do his show without a writer, yeah. he could probably, it's probably a little bit harder for him, but it's an interview show and he could probably get that stuff. But some of that is in solidarity with the writers. And remember now, there are other people that are doing stuff like stars that won't go to interviews, that won't promote shows, that won't do all of that oh. stuff. Oh, and that Drew is Barrymore just pulled out a hosting the M um, MTV Awards in solidarity to be with in the solidarity. Writers. I I I misheard I, you. I thought that you were saying that just. By the way, she said Drew Barrymore 
pulled out of the MTV Awards, which I'm sure she did. But it's it's kind of funny that you can use the writer's strike to not want to do things kind of like COVID. Oh, I got COVID. I can't go to my, uh, you know, my niece's quinceanera. It's like, oh, yeah, well, writer's strike. I can't make the bed. You know what I mean? In solidarity, brother, no work being done here, you know. But obviously, look, I mean, so the, the reason I brought up this clip is because Higher Learning, their podcast discusses a lot of the news that's going on in the entertainment world and how it relates to the world we all live in. So we might be detached from the writer's strike and not exactly understand what's going on, but there aren't many unions that are left that we that get news out there for the work that they're doing. We know Starbucks, there's been, you know, the efforts to unionize and a lot of um, Starbucks, the corporation has tried to bust those efforts. Same thing could be said for Walmart or Amazon. And it's it's good when you can see collectively people come together to bargain and say, we need a better deal out there. And what's very interesting about the writer's strike is it's kind of exactly what Rachel Lindsay's doing. She's on a bachelor strike. She's decided not to go on the show because all she can do is is speak from her own place and say, they're not providing me what I believe are the right tools that are going to lead to successful conversations and productivity, so I'm not doing it. So she might not be vocally out there on the streets picketing The Bachelor, but she's created boundaries to say, this is what I'm all about, and I will not be a part of a system that doesn't live up to that. So when they support the writer strikes and things like that, I think that's a good thing. My union, SAG, has um, is in the process of voting to go on strike right now. Now. I say bring it all on. It's almost like when one kid gets the um, chicken pox and then all of a sudden um, you want your other kids to get chicken pox. All right, writers, skills on strike. Let's get SAG a better deal too. And more of this story after a quick word from our sponsors. And you have to understand, it's it's not like they're ever they're asking for more than they used to have. They're they're asking for it to just continue. So so by that I mean there's uh, with the it, it, with the the world of streaming coming out corporations have found ways to automate a lot of things. They found ways to create more content, pay writers, pay actors less money, and newsflash, the streaming sites are making billions. Same can be said for Walmart and Amazon. They found ways to automate. They found ways to innovate. And that never got passed down to the employees, to the middle class. And I think we should all be raising arms in that good fight. And for our final story of the day, we've got an American Idol update. American Idol winner Samantha Just Sam Diaz reveals she's back to busking in New York City subways. She said it wasn't optional. So it's a story about her going back to her roots, which is uh, in a uh, busking, which performing in subway stations and literally on subway cars. Now, of course, if you've ever lived in New York City, some of the best talent in the world is underground performing. We know we've had uh, different contestants from different singing shows that that literal come from busting their chops for years underground. It's a way to make money. It's a way to perform for tons of different people. She said, back in 2021, I was super embarrassed to be going back to the trains. I didn't want people to know that I legit needed the money and I didn't want people to know that it wasn't optional. I was disappointed in myself for allowing myself to fall so low after winning Idol. But then I had to take it easy on me and remember that I started my journey with Idol at 20 years old, not even knowing anything about Hollywood or the music industry. Since then, I have learned so much and I've been able to take my experience and share them with other artists and hoping they don't experience the same things that I did when it comes to making it in this life. So my advice to her, and she was on, um, you know, the COVID season, the pandemic, 
pandemic season of American Idol where everything was filmed virtually. So maybe people didn't see her. She obviously hasn't had the same opportunities that some winners have had. You know, you're supposed to be able to get these, you know, contracts, which again can be exploitative at best. But what I wanted to do was just end this episode with her performing on the subway platforms. This is just Sam. You can go support her by following her on Instagram, uh, Samantha Diaz with a Z, uh, Samantha Diaz. And she's got 174,000 Instagram followers. So she's making the most of um, the opportunities that she's been given here. I think there's no shame at all in performing on the subway platform. Who cares if you want a singing competition? Here's your real audience. Connect to them. Keep posting online. Anyway, uh, if this is any um, sort of motivation for you and whatever dreams you have in life, it's never too late to pursue them. And you know, they, the opportunities can come in so many different ways. You know, some people get their opportunity from being on last comic standing. Some have a YouTube clip go viral. It's not really up to the artist and the performer to decide when and where their platform will be shared with the world. It's up to them to create. So here is Sam Diaz creating, have a listen. And thank you guys so much for being a part of this episode. We'll catch you guys tomorrow. I've been Dave Neal. This was bachelor rush hour. In these waters But I can't bring myself to swim When I am drowning in 